0: Things Geekery podcast. This is episode three of season four. And this one's called It's Contagious. I'm your host, Detached. Hey guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, welcome to 2020. This is the year of being contagious and running out of TP. So we hope you all have had an absolute amazing week. And if you are new around here, then we get to uh, hang out with you. And we thank you for stopping in, checking out the show. And we hope you guys enjoy this episode.
1: In this episode, we're going to first talk about the most recent season that hit for destiny. Next, we'll dive into the latest details regarding the very much anticipated release of Baldur's Gate 3. Getting in some tabletop fun, we're going to talk about the sci-fi cult favorite sci-fi cult favorite game now pending to be released board game dune interesting on that one uh wrapping up the podcast then we'll give you our thoughts on the most recent episodes of picard with of course some tech and conference talk in there before we get to
0: that though it's been a little bit it has been a little have bit. have you been it's been a little bit what have you been up to that uh well not podcasting, because last week for why didn't we why didn't we podcast last week? I don't even remember now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was your fault. See, why? Why you got to blame me?
1: <laughs> because I I don't want it to be my fault. Uh huh. Not like, you know, I wasn't oh. working on a script or anything, anything like That's that. That's what it was. First
0: time. Well, you typically don't ever work on the scripts anyways, but uh, <laughs> I was working. That's what it was. Oh, you know, making the shit. Yep. got those real life things. Yeah, you you know, real life always seems to stand in the way for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, But it has been a little bit. It's only been a week, but it seems like it's been a little bit. Um, Outside Mm -hmm. of that, literally just running and gunning, it seems. This week has been really, really freaking busy. Um, I think I've maybe played a video game two hours. Maybe
2: three this entire week. So outside were, of that,
1: before no, that, you I, were playing a lot of um, Red Dead Redemption. Like you were yeah. playing that hot and heavy. Couldn't I get you to stop talking about it.
0: Yeah. So main it, the game is finished. I've I've pretty much wrapped up everything that I can for now. I've still got a few things to go do in it for my completionist uh, mentality. You know, I like to check everything off inside those types of games, which is a lot. Um, this is one of the biggest games I've ever played from a, from a console standpoint, but probably looking around 70, maybe 70 plus hours of story. Wow. Yeah, it's huge.
1: And then on uh, top of that, I would think all, you can even like draw that out even more
0: for a game well, like that. Definitely all the side missions. And there's just so many things to do. Um, best, Best story I've played in a long time. It was actually the ending of it was really sad. I actually there was a little bit of a tear that kind of formed.
1: Then uh So you playing that. Um me personally, what I've been up to, um uh, been playing a lot of Minecraft for streaming, which decided to do the old uh hardcore playthrough. And that was fun up until I died. Yeah, kinda of, you messed that up. <laughs> Yeah, I totally, I, I, and this was, this was completely on me. I really, even from the beginning, I did not have the mentality of, you know, I should probably make sure before I take my next step into this unventured area, think about how I'm not going to die. Nope. I went in there guns blazing and pissed off a whole bunch of Endermen. And even though I would thought I was decked out, I could not, I just couldn't recover and I ended up dying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, was, anybody, was, was, doing, was anybody with you or was it just you
1: solo? It, it was a solo playthrough um, so I was just kind of going around doing things and building up uh, I built up a couple large buildings um, that I spent a lot of time on so because of those buildings I didn't let the world completely die I recovered it by a black magic so the worlds are still there the places still there
0: um, you're just, you're just not playing the hardcore mode right
1: yeah, if I go back to it, um, I'll, I'll have a hardcore turned off. Uh, but as far as a playthrough, it, it's basically done, which is actually teed it up quite well for going to the next game, which I was starting planning on playing um, on Monday, which will actually be today on release day. Um, with that, also we're getting into uh, some Stellaris on the PC. Which oh. for all you other listeners, if you are. Uh, a fan of 4x RTS, uh, just grand scale strategy, Most no, especially, especially in space, Stellaris is fantastic. Um, it can definitely bog you down if you play some really large maps, but uh, the customizability of what you could build a race to be in it, and then every game is different of what could outcome. It's a big learning curve. Um, but I'm playing through that again for probably the 15th time playthrough. I don't know. And I count 15 of all those. Probably three of them were successful playthroughs. Because yeah, there's I've, ways in the games that humble you very
0: quickly. I've only had a couple of successful playthroughs on that game. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Well,
1: that's been a lot of the gameplay I've been going into. Um, nice. I picked up uh, XCOM 2. And Civ Six, so oh, maybe geez. in a couple of years we'll check out those. <laughs> a
0: couple of years, the, the, <laughs> the, um, yeah, they they're now in the backlog. So you know, yeah. as far as gaming, like my backlog is kind of shrinking. I'm, you know, taking a break from you know some of the bigger games played uh, played through a lot of my story games, catching up on some stuff. Um, outside of that, I just have not had a lot of time to game. So. <laughs> Um, I haven't been writing though. So nice. my uh mold fingers have been busy on the novel and uh that's coming along quite nicely. And, and this is something I actually haven't talked a whole lot about. Um I think yeah, go ahead. in general is just uh, you know, writing. So yeah, been writing again. It's been it's been fun.
1: Don't you have like the first book
0: done or are you still worked on that one? Uh first book is basically done. It is partially edited but not Fully edited and second book is started. Um, It definitely a work in progress. It's, you know, it's been kind of a lifelong writing for this novel. Um, There are six books. And I've got four of them plotted. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, massive undertaking. And uh, yeah, it's fun, but definitely a massive undertaking.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. It's always thought about writing, but I'm too distracted to to
0: stay on topic
1: for long. It's so hard. But yeah, it's so hard. Thinking of the topics and and building out a world. Very impressive. And, And props to you for keeping on that.
0: This is this has been an eight to 10 year journey so far of writing through, you know, one and three quarters of a book and plotting out six. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot. Just, you know, creating your own worlds and just having some freedom in writing. And, you know, there's been tons of breaks and this life happens with that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. So I would say that's uh, that's kind of my uh, last probably three weeks. Very cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Anyways, I think it's time for some gaming topics. How about you? I think so, too.
1: Yes, yeah. so. and we mentioned one about this this interesting game called Destiny. Um, that we we have never talked about before, ever, we, ever. Um, I've mean, never spent entire episodes Destiny talking two. about. I, I don't. I don't know. What is play Destiny it. Two? Uh, but yeah, new season of Destiny Two hits. Uh, what was it last Tuesday? Last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. Season of the Worthy. And uh, in build out of the end of last season, season of the Dawn, it laid the groundwork and and painted the picture that um, Destiny 2 was getting Trials of Osiris back, Uh, which is the much anticipated and um, much asked for to come back PvP type because it's basically the pinnacle PvP type. Uh, You you set out as a team of three to fight against other teams of threes in this super competitive leader leaderboard type system where you have a card the card has seven slots on it seven yeah. points yep and as you win those you only fight other people that also have won that many wins on the card so Correct. by the, uh, the last match you would be a card of six versus another person another team that has cards of six right um so it's all about yeah. you know who's the best it's basically competitive on crack right uh, you know it's it's where all the pros went to went to sharpen sharpen their swords against or you know I'm grind sure. against to really improve um, yeah and, yeah, and, yeah, and you, know, you come out of there and you get to show off that trials armor I mean, I'm, I'm referencing back to the D1 days you were the stuff you knew mm-hmm. that this person um, aside of carries which nothing against those uh, you knew that they were they had they had skills right they yeah. they could do it especially cuz they were you know they were hawk, their emblems and and special stuff that they the weapons especially that's like yeah, i got this from trials Good well, stuff. it's
0: funny it's funny too because the uh, the trials competitive nature is a lot different than just your regular competitive group and uh there's a lot more strategy in in trials than there ever was in any of your regular competitive, you know, your iron banners and, and any of that. So uh, I'm glad that they waited so long to bring it back. And and I have not played the new one yet, but I hope that they have done this one. Right. Um, I loved old trials back in destiny one. It was a crap ton of fun. And yeah, uh, you know, me and you even played through, uh, through trials for, I don't know, quite, we played pretty often if I remember right. Um, and it's funny. Out of all of my characters that I played, you know, I've I've mained a hunter for years, and the only one that I ever enjoyed playing trials with was my warlock. Really, M- my warlock was the only one that I ever ended up. Um, I had a full set of uh, trials armor out of uh, out of that.
1: And also the in D one with the warlock, um, you had self res, so that was um, an instant. Yeah, that's basically what a lot of people that had struggled at running the others, which is struggling in trials, period, ran oh. Warlock so they could oh, have yeah. an extra life,
0: basically. Yep, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't played the new trials. It does look pretty amazing. Have watched quite a few of the, the top uh, top guys playing it. The the season in general is pretty lackluster, honestly, outside of trials for me. the. I don't know. I've I've hopped in for just a little bit to to play some of the the content that's out there, and uh, in the the season is called Season of the Worthy. But honestly, it is truly just a public event grind. Some of the new materials and things that you can get, there's a lot of it, but really the story is is really slow to progress so far than what I've noticed. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this was this was definitely uh, um, finally a mode or a season for PvP, really. And, yeah, you know, they, they tried to try to bring in a story for uh, or to continue the um, story from Season the Dawn into Season the Worthy. So you get that, you know, basis is the Cabal are now desperate. They they didn't succeed with the, the sundial uh, to change time. So now they're basically going to do on a, a suicide mission per se. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, you, you know, that big, big thing that was absorbing or targeted the sun to possibly, you know, blow up the sun. We disabled it and blow it up. Cause well, it blows up. It blows up everything else. So, uh, the basis is, well, they're just going to turn around and aim it at earth on a collision course. Yeah. Um, and your goal is to stop them. Your goal is to uh, do these events, uh, which are called um, Seraph Tower events. Yeah. Uh, public, which the, the, you know, which are public unique. Um, oh, they're yeah, public they're public events. events. <laughs> Those are public events, which they're different. Um, uh, they, yeah, they are. They're a lot turning different. Turning on and arming Rasputin, which is Correct. interesting in that you know, we were all very scared of arming Rasputin except for those that are on Rasputin side. Um, I'm on Rasputin side, but there's always those out there like Zavala that doesn't want to give him any weapons, but Hey,
0: let's go arm him with stuff. You know, from a, from a story progression point, I like that. We've kind of come back to the whole Rasputin story. That was a neat storyline with Mars. And I, you know, I like what they're doing with it. And The Cabal have always been a a major part of Destiny 2's storyline. So I like that, uh, you know, they're kind of doing this one last uh, yee-haw with the Cabal. And we get get to see some more lore and figure out some more stuff with uh, old Rasputin. And maybe uh, get to see some more of him, like the actual Rasputin bot. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, get to interact with him a little bit more. Yeah um I I you know people are saying it's very really light on PvP. I, I see more content being released in this season as we move along, just like how we saw with Season of the Dawn, where as we you know, there was different bosses that were unlocked, and you kind of progressed a little bit with the story there. You you had the event which happened with um with Bastion unlocking that content. Yeah. Um well, there's definitely so going to be content come. Yeah, which so far we only know of one exotic weapon um, coming so far with seasons. Uh, whether that is going to stay as just one weapon. Very interesting Tommy gun type weapon. Tommy's matchbook. Is that yep. there? It seems like a um, new weapon. It's kind of the, like the uh, Ariana's Val type release of the weapon that we've had in previous
0: and seasons. I have, to, I have to say the, the matchbook... You know, the exotic that they give you, you know, if you've pre-ordered, uh, is actually pretty decent. It's kind of fun to play with. Yeah. Um, you can make some nasty builds, um, dropping some some different uh, different key things in there. It's fun to play with. Um, yeah. there, there are more exotic quests coming. We know that the fourth horseman, the famous four-barrel oh, yes. shoddy. Yes, we've seen back. him.
1: We saw that in some of the trailer pictures.
0: Which yeah, is funny. so
1: Funny reading that on a a person that doesn't hasn't played Destiny before. They're like, oh, the, the, looks like we get this new shotgun, um, <laughs> right? Pretty sure like it's, mm. it, it, coming it out to be the fourth Horseman is what we're reading. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, you didn't
0: play D one at you all. You did not play D one at all because that was the <laughs> boss melter back in. The- <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely some memories with that one. So uh, apparently there's going to be a storyline quest uh, with Zavala. So, and I kind of like these little mini missions that they're doing. You know, we saw one last season with the bow that came out, um, the exotic bow. And um, I cannot think of the name of it for the life of me, but it wasn't a long quest, but it was still fun. You got to see Leviathan's Breath? uh, Yes, Leviathan's Breath. Thank thank you. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't a ton of story content and people are like, oh, you know, we, we paid money. We should have gotten more. There was a lot of stuff that. Ten bucks. Destiny pumped out a lot of material. And, you know, this season, even though we, we pre-ordered, we got it out of the bundle. If people didn't, they paid ten bucks for this season. There's still a lot coming. I mean, you've got trials, which is open to anybody depending on their their level you have to be a certain level to open it but it is free once you hit that level there's the little bit of story and the content that you're getting you got the exotic quest that's dropping for the fourth horseman and we also um, we've seen that there's an unidentified heavy weapon in the in the slot so if you oh. look at your if you go look at your inventory and <laughs> it's not been confirmed but They think it is going to be one of the Cabal Gatlin guns, one of the heavy bent up Gatlin guns that the Cabal Brutes carry around. That is actually going to be um, the exotic heavy machine gun that we get. So not quite sure how that's going to tie in, if it's going to drop from maybe a story piece that we get with the almighty and trying to stop it, and uh, doing that piece, or or what? So, not really sure how that's going to play in. Of course, you know we got Iron Banner through the season. We've got more PvP content. Um, there's quite a bit this season. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, especially what you know we have. It's just released, and people are judging it by that, and. I think it, it accomplishes one thing. It was to get trials out the door and to get people, you know, geared up for that. Now. Yes. Currently, you know, the, the story on the PVE parts, a little light, but I see that improving over time with, with the trials part where, where it's done, right? It, the trials, you can go in and you can compass what you need to in trials, which is getting into lighthouse, get your gear, um, get your armor. Um, now, is there
0: weapons to go with trials currently there? There is. Yes, there okay. are. Um, it's they, they are not called the same thing. If I remember right, there's of course the introduction of the fusion rifle. Um, there is a rocket launcher. I do not think that there is a pulse rifle. This go around, there is a auto rifle. It looks just like the doctrine of passing but it is not called the Doctrine of Passing. And then they brought the scout rifle back, the scholar that they had in D1. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it's got a few different perks on it. It's got no distractions, which is kind of cool for a scout. Full auto. And I don't remember the other. Of course, these are all static rolls on these weapons, if I remember right. No, they're not static. Okay. Okay. They do change, but the static piece of it is um, once you get to your first three wins, you get a roll. Once you get to your first five wins, you get a roll. And, of course, on your seventh win, if you go flawless. Okay. So it's nice. two, five and seven. Those are, those are the, the drops. And, of course, there's random loot that will, that will drop as well. Of course, there's a bounty system from St. 14 that you can pick up and there are different um, cards that you can play in there as well. So just like back in uh, D one, when brother Vance was the vendor St. 14 is actually the vendor for this one now.
1: Yeah. You so. get to hear him as the announcer. I, I need to go watch some of the trials, playthroughs and hear him as the announcer. All
0: of It, it yeah, it's 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 good. Just <laughs> him having that Russian accent. He he definitely says some funny things. And, uh what I've seen so far of uh, some of the people playing trials is they've they've done a pretty legit job of of keeping everything uh as we remembered it. Um fun, hard, sweaty as crap. And uh I did see a note from Bungie Uh, It was sometime last week. I don't remember what the day was specifically, but they talked about um, keeping an eye on the Banner Hammer and um, they have found a new group of cheaters that have found some way of cheating within trials and some of the competitive realms, new, some new software that they've gotten hold of. So just some warnings out there.
1: People were hoping for it and then they did it like the day of release for trials where they brought in and banned a whole bunch of people. It was
0: Yeah. It was very sweet. It very was very sweet. A lot. <laughs> 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 um, you know, from a from a Destiny 2 standpoint, um, I'm just not very motivated to play it right now. Um we ground the heck out of Destiny last season. I played a ton and uh it's just nice to have a little break and i kind of like the fact that we've got these different seasons that we can do that in and Mm -hmm. uh honestly the the rewards and stuff that i'm seeing from your season pass isn't anything that i really want and i like that option like the fact that you know if i buy a game and it's got a season pass with it and uh let's say we're on the third out of out of four and I love the first and the second one, but I hated the third one, then I'm still okay with that. I mean, I still only paid 40 bucks for the season pass. Right. And I'm getting tons of content. Yeah. Uh, personally, for me, that's, that's just me, though. Tons of people out there, you know, whine and complain that they, they're not getting enough or it's too much or they can't keep up. And I don't know. I just I kind of like the whole the, the whole uh, rollout system that they've got going on with this this drip feed. Seems yep.
1: nice. <laughs> and personally this this season with it being um PvP po focused so far is I- I'll keep up with the story to understand what's going on. But yeah, um same with you. You know, we we, we did a lot of grinding in uh Shadow Keep and Season of the Dawn. And yeah, i can say it exactly what it is, a little burnout. And I was also enjoying going to other games and having that breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah definitely uh definitely been fun playing the uh the other the other backlog and new games that we've got out there um speaking of new games i've got uh uh, we've got one coming up that's actually pretty exciting for me um i love the the first two and that is baldur's gate 3 which hit uh when was the release of their gameplay did it was back
2: in was it january february Which was that? Baldur's Gate 3, the game preview. That I want to say that was back in like January or February. I don't remember. It has been a a while since I saw the original preview. What's crazy is that
0: it has been twenty years since the release. Of the second game.
1: That's that. That's longer than. See Starcraft was what 10 years. 10. And they went 10 years. So 20 years. Getting a
0: sequel. It Has been 20 years. In the making. Uh, Baldur's Gate 1. Came out in 98. Baldur's Gate 2. Came out in 2000. Guys 2000. I believe it was September of 2000. If I remember right. Almost 20 years. If it was September of 2020 it would be 20 years, which is bonkers.
1: I mean, that's. There's a little bit of hesitation to something like that, because you're the last time we had games like that, you're thinking. Dude, nuke em. Uh, what Yes. Else? Has I mean, this one long. other game? That's yeah, the one other game that was. Came out after a long time
0: and wasn't the best. Well, I mean, take Doom, for instance. I mean, Doom had a really pause before the the latest one that we uh, we just saw came out right but in anyways. my opinion
1: doom uh the most recent one that released in 2014 doom right uh, hit all the marks it was the modern adaptation of doom and it you know it's the reason why we're getting doom eternal and people are just hyped for it so you know i put that one in a win. um oh yeah no, i they, could, they, guess you could also right. because yeah, they did it right. Um, you can look at who's developing Baldur's Gate 3. Um, Larian Studios, which is, if you aren't familiar with that studio, is the team behind Divinity Original Sin, Divinity Original Sin 2, which, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, modern, top-down RPG games to date.
0: I would definitely agree with that.
1: Uh, yeah it it is fantastic story the stuff you can do in those games the customizability um i might go back to the story depth i mean there's just so much there so much there uh, of how to play through and the difficulties and um i recommend it to anyone going through that but yeah, uh, for they, got, sure. they they got the got the uh, old rains to it uh, and we've seen gameplay uh, we you were yeah, able we to saw a lot of gameplay a lot of gameplay. Some people were actually able to play it. Let's see, or no, it no, it was just the demo, which was on February 27th. Okay. The February. head of Valerian Studios at PAX East, uh, going That's off a right. demo, uh, which he basically showed like the first, it's like an hour and a half where the game pre- hour and a half of the gameplay, uh, yeah. a bit, he, uh because this is based off of, um, the Dungeon Dragons uh, 5E base set for chances, rolling, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> his first combat, he died. So he had to reset. So, so uh, funny. Yeah, uh, it really goes to show uh, really anything can happen. Um, And, and it's a dice roll. There, you, there is no guarantee. 90% chance you may still miss because that dice yeah. roll. Which is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but the combat system, the UI, the, the graphics um uh, uh we're talking about the combat system itself looks very uh actually looks um looks familiar to what we've been used to in divinity original sin which some people yeah. are taken aback by that they're like uh oh, it's a divinity original sin with a boulder's gate mod, or <laughs> mod.
0: Yeah, um, I, I saw a lot of that a lot of that, yeah, there was like, a lot of that. hate it, chat not, going on
1: I, i'm not mad Albeit, I haven't played bouldersgate one and two so you know you could start okay. raging right now that I know nothing that I'm talking what, about what in the world but well it's a 20 year old game I didn't well, come I, into that field I get that it's a 20 year old game That's I'm like, honest I think I may have picked up bouldersgate two when it I mean wow. when it was like a couple cents or, or whatever how it was you, like 90% off did,
0: have you never played uh, like I, now I'm just stuck on that like how have you never played <laughs> these games <laughs> I just haven't got around to it. Like I, My every gosh. time I think I was like,
1: yeah, I'm gonna play something else. Yeah, I guess I'm else or to like it, And I'll play, or like I'll think about playing it, and then I started playing Divinity: Original Sin. So you know, it's they, tabletop. They, you know, to cross up between yeah. two very fantastic RPGs.
0: They were really good. You know, if you if you were a Dungeon and Dragons fan, then Baldur's Gate was you know just it had that feel to it. There there really just wasn't anything like it back then.
1: But regarding what we see on the gameplay, yes, UI looks the same. And even uh, the character select is uh, very similar to. Oh, almost uh, identical. Almost identical to Divinity original sin. Uh, But what is unique that I I don't remember ever seeing in uh, divinity is. When you go into cutscenes, it's almost like a Witcher cutscene. Yeah. Where it's brought down to that person's level. You have dialogue. Uh, you don't just have chat windows. Um, it's very much like you'd all of a sudden hopped right from the vintage original Sin original, you know, it, top down conversation down to what we're, we've experienced in normal, you know, third person RPGs. I, I reference Witcher. Uh, Regarding all the conversations there in, in the big conversations that we saw now, some are minor ones and they don't take place that way. Um, that, that was pretty cool. That
0: was pretty cool on that point. Yeah. I, I do like that. But again, it's, this was just a game preview that we saw. So, uh, who knows, yeah, who I, knows what the final finished product is even going to look like. Right. Um,
1: what else to notate here. Gra- graphics look just as amazing as any, uh, as the divinity riddle sin top down. Yeah. Yes, it looks similar, but the combat is different in so much that you don't fight your, um, who, who goes into what order is not determined on a per person or per character.
0: It's on a per team per team. So it's, so. it's kind of turn based, but not right. It's turn based so much as, as your
1: team, Which completely changed the dynamic of fight because you were then relying very heavily on the combos of Of your your persons,
0: yeah, of your team
2: setting
0: them up just right strategies. So I think uh, this is either going to be a make it or break it for me. Um, you know, the turn based strategy games like this, if it's done right, can be a lot of fun. Like you said, if depending on your team's ability to create combos um could be a lot of fun or you know if
2: people suck then probably not going to have a probably not going to have a good day yeah and that's
1: what's different about this one is you can go a lot off of just stats in if you played um dos division of Sin. but in this one yeah. it, it's like like we've talked about it's based on the dungeon dragons as you've been used to with the rest of Baldur's Gate. So. Um, battles, anything you try to execute is always based on the dice roll of some points. Now you can stack it pretty heavily, but there's there's a chance you will fail.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A oh. um, few other points on this one. The uh, CEO, there was a talk he was doing a few weeks back. They were talking about tying in some of the original story and bringing back some of the original characters, like returning characters into the storyline. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to play in. Honest, I don't even remember how the second one ended. So I'm going to have to go back and even like watch some videos and look at things to see what, uh, see what the story ended with. And uh, they also talked about the character classes. On anything that you can select. So for you Dungeons and Dragons fans out there, anything uh, that you guys can think of—from the clerics to the fighters, the rangers, the rogue classes, the warlocks, the wizards—they um, said that all of those classes are going to be early access for uh, for us to be able to play, which is pretty cool. That's a big selection of classes to be able to slide through for early access gaming.
2: And
1: then uh, have they put a release date for it?
0: I have not heard of a release date yet. If they've if they put one out. But I haven't gone out to their website or, or checked their their Twitter feed or anything. So they could have.
1: Uh, all release date is just 2020. Yeah. <laughs>
3: kind of what kind of what so, I was thinking. Yeah.
1: So still up in the air. Um, I'm going to have to do a lot of back reading on the lore of Baldur's Gate to understand us, you know, to go into an understanding where we're at in Baldur's Gate 3. Because, you know, we've even been told, you know, there's the, the returning characters like, OK, I I kind of need to know the background.
0: So it's a it's a big story. I mean, dun- Dungeons and Dragons in general is. Enormous, so any any story spinoff that you get from from that line and uh there's uh, just too much to even think about. Right. Well yeah. and, and the lore the lore behind this, I it was actually when we were writing this script, I was like, how much do we actually want to talk about and get into? Because you know, then my <laughs> mind started going down the Dungeons and Dragons line and talking about the the enemies and the lore behind it. And Little creatures that you got to see in some of the gameplay and what they actually did and how they worked and
1: yeah, well, maybe we save that for our, hey Boulder's Gate three review podcast.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do a here's the lore and look at all this useless crap that pours out a detached head when it comes to <laughs> uh, lore <laughs> lore. Uh-huh. Yeah, I read a lot. I I do. I I listen to a lot. I read a lot, and I don't know. It just kind of sticks up there. I yep. don't mind.
1: But that's basically uh-huh. all we know of Boulders Gate 3 so far. Uh we got that uh, gameplay, some cinematic, which is gorgeous. Uh just absolutely phenomenal. I hope all the cinematics throughout the entirety of the game is that way. Oh, I hope um, so. Yep. Yeah. Um then we uh, talking about a item that is from a long distant
0: past. Oh, very. <laughs> <And> <laughs> a, a long distant past, and I have to say, I think this is the first time this topic has made it onto the podcast. It has. I I don't it's think first time we talk about
1: this. um yeah. Just just dune in general.
0: Dune uh, in general, or tabletop, a tabletop game specifically. I don't think we've talked about a
2: tabletop game specifically on the show.
0: But I know we haven't haven't talked about Dune, one of my favorite books of all time. Okay,
1: I was doing a quick search here and I thought I was going to have to correct myself because like I swore there was a Dune game. But (laughs) it's based on I wonder if they go off the book. Or the Uh,
2: game be interesting. What did you find? I'm
0: curious. Well,
1: it depends on where you look. You have had a, a pick one is from Wikipedia. Dune is 1992 action uh, adventure strategy video game. Oh, based on the book. OK, so they could go off either one. Well, I knew I there was a book. What system but, did that come out on? Uh, MDOS and Mega CD. Oh, geez. 1992. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: So It's been a while. Uh, has it's been a while. One. I I clearly don't even remember if I have played those. I don't remember them at all. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, wow. But you know they've they they're mentioned from as cult classics for those that were able to play the game, experience the game. Um, you can see screenshot of it. It's very rough, but uh, the the depth and, and what is brought about. From in the story of Dune is what brings a lot of people back to reminiscing about it and and what they experienced in it. Have you read the book? I have not. Oh my gosh! Have you watched the movie? There was a movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there sure was. So if you have not watched 1984, oh my, oh yes, if you have not watched the movie or read the book. You got to you just got to you can it literally cannot be classified a geek unless you have read that book or you have watched that movie. Huh. Dune
1: is scheduled for a 2020
0: film. Yes, there is a interesting. I don't remember if they said it was going to be a sequel, prequel or a remake. Does it say.
2: (laughs)
1: Does not say, gives a synopsis, but doesn't reference the original movie. So I think so. I think they are
0: doing a sequel to the movie. And if, okay. you, guys, if you guys have no idea what we're talking about, was a novel written years and years ago uh, by Frank Herbert. So Frank Herbert wrote this uh, very interesting sci-fi world book called... Dune. And uh yep. one of the best books out there when it comes to sci-fi fantasy. Um kind of this post-apocalyptic um gotta save the world, giant worms. They call it Dune because of course there's this massive sand world, lots of stuff. Very, very exciting. Gotta gotta read it. So I forgot that they were coming out with the movie. You said 2020, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I didn't even I realize they're coming up movie,
1: but apparently it has a, yeah. a release date in the U.S. of December 18th, 2020.
0: I hope they do it right. Um, the, the old Dune that was made uh, early 80s, 82, 83, maybe 84, somewhere in there, uh, didn't do all that great. It has a massive cult following because of the fans of, uh, you know, Frank and, and, and the world that he created. But uh yeah, not not one from just, hey, I want to go watch this movie. Let's throw it in and watch it. It's uh uh a little odd. <laughs> so yeah, unless you're just one of those sci-fi geeks that love old, cheesy sci-fi movies, you probably will not enjoy doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
1: yeah, I can already tell a lot of those like sci-fi that released in in that. Period of time,
0: I'm mm-hmm. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yep yeah, they 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 had their they had their time. So that's what we need to do. We need to do an 80s sci-fi movie. 80s nineties, remember? Yep, yeah, yeah But um, okay, I'll throw some 90s in there. Yeah, we've even got to do some 70s. There's some really good 70s sci-fi films out there. Really are. Ugh. oof. Yeah. All I think about is those like their attempt at graphics.
3: Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Well, if shiver. so if you even go back, I mean, go back to the fifties, fifties, even some of the original, like old school, black and white forties and fifties sci-fi films that were out there. Like uh, the day the earth stood still. I mean, when you think forties and fifties, And the movie technology they had for sci-fi stuff like that, Um, kind of unprecedented for what they did. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, fast forward 40 years to things like Dune and Dune was really set apart for its time era. Unfortunately, the the book that Frank wrote, um, they just didn't have the technology back then to be able to do a movie that was um, that that could hold up to it. So I'm really hoping the movie um, and I'd forgotten all about it that uh, is coming out. I hope they do a good job, but I think we're way off topic too, because uh, we weren't even planning on talking about movies. We were talking about, <laughs> no. about the, uh, the tabletop <laughs> game of, yes, Disney we that's haven't even out. talked about it yet. We haven't even talked about it. So uh, the game that is releasing uh, is called adventures in the Imperium. It's going to be a tabletop. Um, it's not a whole lot to talk about right now. Um, there's, there's uh, some chatter in the tabletop community going on about it. Um, Some of the information that I've found on it is that the game is going to be using the 2D20 system. uh, And this is from Modifius's system that they created. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are uh, familiar with the Modifius's 2D20 system, that is all around um, a narrative driven dice roll. So it's very um, systematic for the way things are produced in the game and it creates a different outcome. Uh, basically that's all that 2d 20 (laughs) is, um, outside of the 2d 20 system, they said that they're going to be, um, uh, did they give a date?
2: Shoot. I don't remember if they gave a date for it. I don't think they did. Let's find out. Mighty Google. What do you say?
0: Yeah. I don't remember if they had a date for it or not. I don't think they did. Um, they, they did say it's going to go into beta testing soon. Okay. Is it a Kickstarter? I believe it was. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: That's good. Then they got the funding for it. If They're pushing it this far. I don't see a date for it either.
0: Anyways, there is a link that I found beta testing. So that's something that we'll throw in the show notes for you guys. Um, if you want to join in and, and follow their progress and kind of where things are going, throw that in there. Um, some of the other pieces that they talked about, um, they they talked about being able to join uh, one of the existing houses. Um, and then they also talked about the, the game is all going to be centered around Frank's classic um, sci-fi book. So there's going to be some of the political natures that the book had for the time is going to be built into the game as well. Um, And then you're going to have things like spies and mercenaries and um, criminals that are uh, given these different agendas that can go into these houses that you can be a part of. So honestly, it sounds pretty legit. It would be a tabletop game that I would want to sit down and play for sure. Yeah. But that's really all I know. I mean, I searched and searched and searched and searched and I found like five bullet points on this game. Which was uh,
1: probably how a lot of people don't know about it. I mean, I know I know people that are pretty. Um, pretty heavy in the tabletop, um, especially those that are like the sci fi, you know, those build upon it. And I, I know a lot of D.D. players and I haven't heard anybody mention this, so it's, it's kind of fine under the radar right at the moment, uh, but exciting yeah. because it pulls in both a, um, the dynamic storytelling with, with chance dice roll with the world of Dune
0: all into one package. So, yeah, uh, for me, it's exciting. Um, I love, I love Dune. I love that sci-fi feel that the, the book had. And, um, yeah, this should be this should be exciting. I hope that they get the funding and they're able to, to make it past these betas and that they are successful.
1: Yep. But we'll see when they actually get a time for that. Maybe knowing it's a Kickstarter with some of these tabletops, it takes a while for them to actually get a release. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes yeah. like something happens and it just doesn't. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely so. All right. I think it's time for, and if you guys didn't know this, when we started the year, it was right when the new Star Trek Picard kicked off. And that was the very first, uh, we did the first three episodes in that podcast. So we did a quick review. Of course, it was some spoilers because the show had literally just come out. Um, this is probably not going to be a spoiler for anybody because it's a month after these episodes have finally come out. (laughs) Yep. For Uh, some of these episodes. Yeah. So we're reviewing in this one episodes four, five, and six, and then we will end up waiting just a little bit longer because there's only 10 episodes total for Picard for season one. So they just finished up seven, eight's coming out this week. And then nine and ten. So we've got one, two. We've got a month. So hopefully by the end of this coming month, we'll have uh, the final review for the last four episodes on Picard as well. Kind of thinking that's how we'll play that.
1: Just wrap it all up. I agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But tonight we're actually uh, doing a request on Picard episodes four, five, and six. and. A couple of these episodes felt like filler episodes oh, to me. I 100% agree. You know, yep. it, it, well, it did two things. One, it really kind of had that old Star Trek, the next generation feel to it. it. It had a little bit of that nostalgia and it also had that Star Trek next generation filler episode to me. It felt the same way. <laughs> Now in episode four, uh, that one was called Absolute Candor, and Jonathan Fricks, the actor who plays Commander Riker, was actually the director of that one. That was <laughs> That I didn't know. Yes. Uh it's pretty yeah, cool. it, it is very cool. So he's always been a, a great actor when it comes to playing the 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 role of Commander Riker and just he's a good director um he's a writer as well and he's had tons of screen time when it comes to just uh the the business of entertainment um same with same with the guy who plays picard so those two those two kind of paired together uh made quite a uh, you know quite a debut back in the back in the show so it really kind of brought that Star Trek Next Generation feel for these three episodes for me, but totally it was filler episodes. So,
1: yeah, a lot of it, like the entirety of Absolute Candor, um, and we're just breaking down because I mean, builds off, um, it does give us background into how Picard was seen going into before, um, in, in his, um, post why he was still part of starfleet coming into uh vashti, which is just planet here that it was a just Romulan relocation hub uh which in a sense just is uh when they were helping the Romulans move from their uh, Romu- uh, Romulus because mm-hmm. the supernova was on its way they're trying to get them all out of there so some of them came to vashti and basically Picard was greeted warmly he was uh some of them said so some of them a hero uh because of that uh you know, builds on this I and mean, we get introduced to the character Elnor, uh, which he, he then becomes a, a mainstay in the rest of the episodes. So we we learn a bit more about his background, the um the kind of monk-like group, uh yeah. Kawat Malat, that the, uh yeah, the nuns basically, that they're all about um finding a cause, finding the most lost cause, and Binding them to that, you know, they're, they're also known as one of the most fierce fighters, um, in the galaxy. One of the best fighters in the galaxy yeah. for, for them, uh, which, uh, Elnor was a male. Most of them were female. So that, that was the oddity for him, but he it sounded like he was a rescue. Um, and he was turned over to them Yeah, and, and raised with them, raised them. So and that There's was a good a little background. I, I, I enjoyed, like learning about that yeah uh,
0: it was was a neat little backstory um again to to
1: your point you know the entire episode except for the
0: last two seconds of the episode was total filler (laughs) yeah total total (laughs) filler um out of out of all of them that i've watched so far that was probably my least favorite um not that it was bad it's just been my least favorite out of the bunch uh there just was not a. A whole lot there, outside of literally just Picard going to uh the city and and speaking with the his you know past friends that he had made, <laughs> so you know it's it's a little hard too, because Patrick Stewart is not a young chicken anymore. I mean, he's in late seventies, if not even early eighties now, I think it's late seventies, so the flashback scenes that they try to do. Um, make it a little harder because he's really, you know, showing his age now versus when, uh, I mean, Star Trek next generation was goodness forever ago. I mean, I think the first episode aired in 90, I want to say it was 90. So
2: a long time ago. Yeah. I believe, I believe Patrick was 40 45
0: when the first episode came out. Maybe maybe just a little bit younger. Yep. So I mean, thirty he, plus. Just as a person, he's getting up their
1: age, but also the the actor and person he's playing in, you know, must yeah, be Picard.
0: Of a retired admiral, so yeah. I mean, you you look at you look at Picard, he's a retired admiral. He's literally spent his entire life in Starfleet. So yeah, I think uh, I think overall the show has done a, a good job of of sticking to its guns with the Star Trek theme. It's a little rougher around the edges than, you know, we were used to with some of the previous Star Treks. Um, there's language, there's vaping, there's tons of alcohol. There's just you know, some <laughs> rough, rough around the edges. Um, it's welcome, it's it welcome is definitely
1: the- interesting seeing seeing a Star Trek that is of a more modern mature mature, yes take on 2020 uh, yeah basically is in some sense it's also it's kind of how we've we like mandalorian for star wars is that there are and yes there are some like okay yeah because he's the good guy he's got to do that but in other instances um it's the very the rough, the real, the reality, not uh, of Star Wars, the background stories that are told, you know, we get to experience that and have the losses or whatever goes along with it. A bad decision making. It's not
0: just all sunshine and rainbows for the hero. Yeah. So. Well, and uh, I, I like what they've done. So, I'm, I mean, the Star Trek Next Generation show was by far one of my favorite just TV shows in general all around. And uh, I think I think they've done a good job with showing the age of Starfleet in this show, and just where things have come in general. You know, they're they're starting to see some stuff just fall apart, which is cool. Right. Um, I like, and I like all throughout the going. episodes. Yeah, we like, see that. I like, yeah, I like it so far. Um, episode five and six, I think, did a really good job of continuing that story and just building on what they're doing, and I think. I think that's been the biggest thing so far is they're taking a movie perspective, but breaking it into a TV show and trying to continue that progression of a story. And I think that's what draws people's attention the most is uh, it's hard not to have filler episodes when you've got such a long period to, to do things in. Uh, it's a little easier when that time frame is smaller, but you know, I, I like the characters they're bringing in. You know, episode five, we we really get to see one of the most popular characters out there ever in the Star Trek um, genre, and that is seven of nine, the mm-hmm. the former. Well, she's technically still a Borg, but not a Borg. Yeah, so she's she, not. She's no longer
1: part of the collective, so she's no, right has her individuality, her free will back. Yeah. Um, um, but I enjoyed that episode because it's probably the most human I've ever seen. Seven of nine act. And you oh, see for sure. a lot of the brokenness of being a Borg has brought out in her. Um, to, you know, throughout all of it uh, from the first, first episode, the scene of it, which is probably the most gory Star Trek has ever seen been. And some argued why that was necessary or why they put that in there. Um, yeah, the, uh, the and, and there's the, a discussion on that, but we, won't, right. Uh, but yeah, the, the, that, and then the, the fallout of what happened there, where she basically had to, um, you know, she had a mercy kill her, her friend that was also a former Borg. Yeah. Um, uh, and harken back to if I grew up on the episodes of Star Trek Voyager, so it was cool oh seeing gosh. all these callbacks.
0: It is amazing the time difference. So I mean, we yeah. we grew up in the same like nerdiness and the same geek um, atmospheres, but they were just different time periods. So funny.
1: Yeah, you were what Kirk, right? Into uh, Picard.
0: Yeah. Yep, Kirk and Picard. Um, yeah. Kirk was first. And I- I
1: caught the tail end of Picard right into Voyager in, in my Star Trek watching. Every yep. Monday night, 9 p.m., Voyager would come on.
0: Voyager was good. Don't get me wrong. Voyager was good. Um, yep. uh, of course, then we had Deep Space Nine in there as well. I was a big yep. Deep Space Nine fan, so that was a good one.
1: But, so- uh, it, it, it's good seeing these callbacks here. And, you know, from those that watch Voyager, seeing Nine now, where she's much more especially looks much more human, acts much more human. But because of that, she realizes the basically PTSD that is now a human attribute that has now come to light of the different experiences she's gone through as being a Borg. And it's all resolved around like losing their free will.
0: Right. Uh, That's what I was going to say is uh, they, they can really kind of see in her emotions that she struggles with her humanity side of things. Um, you know, seven of nine is pretty interesting because, um, she had Borg implants put in her when she was a baby. So that makes her pretty much a precious commodity in, uh, in this society and the way things are. Um, she's kind of a one of a kind. So it's cool that they brought her back and how they've, uh, how they fit her in. She's kind yep. of that, that rogue uh, doesn't really know where she fits in right now, but she, she does, but she doesn't. So yep. yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a neat little, little story. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope they end it right with her and, and they are able to to keep her in the show.
1: Agreed. And from what we've seen so far, she's going to be a mainstay, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And again, they've killed off some people uh, that we thought were going to be mainstays and well, they're, they're dead now. Uh <laughs> Yeah, which gets us into episode six with um. Actually, no. Yeah, it was in episode six, pretty mm-hmm. sure, where the um, Soji, which we hadn't mentioned it, and it was actually called out and, uh, happened in it happening in episode four, previous or previous episodes, that is the quote unquote twin sister to Dodge, the female that actually ended up being killed by the Romulans right in front of Picard. Yeah. Um, that apparently was also Android in line of the Android type that data was, which is why Picard's been so focused on saving Soji or Dodge originally. And then it was Soji because in kind of remembrance of Dodge. Right. So we've been following the storyline of Dodge in episode six. It basically comes to a head. This this Romulan has been courting her, is um tricked her into revealing what what the secret Romulans have always
0: wanted, what's the home planet. Right. Yeah. So Yeah, so you know, for for you guys who have actually been watching the show, you probably uh you know, probably have caught up to this point. But uh this one was this one was cool because it it brought that um kind of secret spy mentality into thing, You know, Narek and his sister are after this home world information and they're trying to do it in two different forms and fashions. Narek seems to be very logical and smart in the way he does things. His sister um, is brute force. She basically comes in and, you know, if you don't give it to her, she kills you. He, uh, Narek is a little bit different. So Narek is playing an angle and, it ends up working out for him in this episode. They they find the information that uh, Soji has, and it's funny because you know in the in the early episodes with Picard, they they found those paintings of uh, what Data was out in the orchard painting. Yep. And, uh, You know now we've got Soji and and Daj, the twins, which was Data's daughters per se. So. Um, they've, they've done a good job. I I like, I like how they're tying the story in. It leaves a little bit of mystery. There's plenty of action. There's some good drama amongst a few of the, the characters. Um, I think so far out of all of them, of course, Picard is my favorite, but I really like Rafi's character. Rafi, Rafi kind of brings, a um, a motherly perspective to the group you know she's older she's been with picard for a long time and she used to she used to uh you know serve under him they've been friends uh and she's just she's really rough around the edges so she kind of brings this edginess to the show
1: Uh, i would i would say and this is what she she calls herself um auntie raj uh rafi yeah auntie which which fits because she doesn't sometimes she doesn't follow the rules or sometimes she just does her own thing but she comes oh, yeah. back and nurtures and sometimes when it needs to be, but then can be a spitfire the very next moment. So yeah. Uh and knows all the tricks
0: in the book to get her way. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Super manipulative when it comes to that. And yeah. she's like the techie smart chick. So yep. Yep. So um we uh basically
1: end the episode with uh Eric. After he tricked Soji into digging into her memories and revealing the location of her home planet, uh, he tries to kill her. But yeah. just like with Dodge, when Dodge was attempted to kill the first time, she, quote unquote, activated uh, and all of her android abilities come to the forefront. Uh, to, you know, all of a sudden she realizes, she, you know, she has super strength at that moment. She busted the floor to escape, meets up with Picard. Uh, They then use some secret Borg technology to escape. So. um, Yeah, that was that's that's where episode six ends. Soji is still alive. She is now with Picard. So they have now met up um, and they have teleported to a planet um, called Nepeth. Nepenthe. 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 Thank you. Yeah, I was looking at the word and I knew
0: I remember them saying it. That's it. So, so yeah, um, episode, episode seven, by far my favorite one, just because one. of that nostalgia feel. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Um, it, it ties so much of the story in, um, of course we'll, we'll save the, the review of it for, for the seven, eight, nine and 10. Um, I'm really excited to see what eight brings. Seven was kind of a one-stop shop for the story. It had its place. They did their bit and the story moves on. So we'll see what happens. This is uh, this has definitely been a, a good, good kickstart to a new Star Trek and uh, brings a little little lifeblood back into the series.
1: Yeah, definitely enjoying. I personally enjoying this, this new Star Trek that we're getting. Um, it's right in line with the grittier version that we saw with um, that's what I am most greedy with Picard, but saw a lot of that with Discovery. Yeah,
0: that I absolutely loved and cannot wait for the next season. Oh, Discovery was fantastic. There were some things that you know I didn't care for, but right. overall, the show absolutely freaking fantastic. And uh, I'm excited for the next season. Yeah. so
1: uh, we'll uh, we'll get to those episodes when they finally release episode 10. We'll put that in the next podcast following that. Absolutely. Uh now, including a little bit of tech, it's it's been uh it's been talked about for a while. I think it was back at CES. Yep, CES. Uh, but it's an interesting four-way for alienware. Like, I don't honestly, I don't know what they were kind of thinking. They're, they're trying to get <laughs> into the same spot of uh like, hey, let's get into the handheld market. Let's try
0: to go against Nintendo with the Nintendo Switch. You know, I, Dell's Dell's a big company. They got a big checkbook, but yeah, no, I think it's <laughs> it's late to the game. I mean, they're they're yep. years they're years late, not not months. So, I think well, it's a really cool concept. Um, and th- that's if you guys have no idea what we're talking about. Well, that is the Dell Alienware. Uh, Project UFO, their new handheld, uh, basically compact PC device that they're, uh, yep. they're talking about bringing out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This seems like a novelty item for me. It wouldn't. I don't know if it would really be something yet. One, just because of the, I think the price the price on it would just be too high. They haven't said how much it's going to cost, but I, I bet it's going to be a pretty penny. Yep.
1: Well, I mean, also l- let me think about it for, for one, I was just, just looking over the titles and they do call it a concept. So you reference back to where we've heard concept before is back to concept cars and the cards that we see on those floors when they have that label are definitely well they're, they're a wow factor, no doubt about it, but though, if they ever make it to market, so this may never uh, they're usually completely different. They're more yeah. um, realistic <laughs> in a lot of their features. So, uh, but with that, you know, just thinking about having, having games on the go that are playable, like it is would be interesting. Like, let's say that it doesn't actually have a hard drive, except for OS, you bring along your portable hard drive, right? I, don't even know if this is even possible but i'm trying to think of storage here for especially the games that we have that are now approaching 100 gigabytes per game oh they're huge just just ridiculous but you know going around playing this it, even on that aspect is um we're we're getting into game streaming now with GeForce Now and the other game streaming services where if you want to play a computer game well just watch your phone bluetooth the controller and let's go and yeah. you have Internet, but a lot of people are showing showing to catch on with that. Um, yeah, I mean, you
0: can talk about some of the features of the UFO. Uh, well, and I've not actually been able to, you know, put my hands on it because I wasn't at CES, but I've seen pictures right. of it, and uh, you know, it's got a pretty sleek design to it so far. Um, it does have removable controllers, which, is, like I said, is basically a, a tiny. PC it's an Alienware PC in a really small form factor um it kind of has that Nintendo Switch vibe with uh Alienware's flare uh, right. per se so you know they they didn't really give a lot of specs on any of the information that I could find for it Dell's kind of keeping that stuff under the wraps um it's got RGB lights on it they did say that the screen um, it's native is 720p. But I think that's as high as the resolution will go. Hmm. Okay. Um, outside of that, though, I couldn't find any specs like speeds, graphic cards, CPUs, any, any of the internal guts of the thing. I don't think they've got any of that listed yet.
1: Yeah, I think that goes back to the whole idea of a concept. Like they could even increase it between the release now to what it could be in the future. Um, you know, it, that and I've heard it's, you know, really heavy for being a handheld compared to what we're used for, for the switch. And
0: now even the switch light. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. and it's big. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is the pictures that I saw from the event, um, comparative to the hand size of even a Nintendo switch. It's nothing that, Looks like you would want to carry around in a bag right. because of its size. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're talking almost, almost as wide as what, a, like an Xbox One looks like. Not thick, but wide. So it's got a fairly wide uh, look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they said, it, it, it was pretty hefty. So I'm guessing it's, uh, you know, nothing that you would want to take on your 12 hour flight to wherever you're going and <laughs> That in your It'd be be
1: a little, little bit harder to pull that one out um, yeah. and go and like even even the control schemes with when it when you take off the controllers and plug them in and put them into their little um their combined dock that makes them makes it together feel like a controller it's pretty big like uh, uh in concept we could see it hit and it could be more a smaller to be more uh, transportable, I should say. I don't know. I' interesting they come out with that. It's
2: a little late there. A little late.
0: It is a little late. Um, you know, I think they've got three big things. One, um, just the whole they are coming late to the game. The price. I mean, we're we're seeing a market that. Um, for devices like that are are pretty saturated in in the areas that they're specializing in, and you can get those devices for a pretty decent amount they're portable they do lots of things um, they're doing them pretty good so Dell's now coming into that way late, and they're gonna have to figure out their own way of doing things if they actually end up pushing this forward and then just the whole <sighs> Will they be able to gain momentum with their customers? I mean, Alienware isn't the cheapest thing out there on the market by any means. Their their PCs are way expensive when it comes to what you're actually getting. If you ask me, so I don't know. I think uh, I think they've got a lot of a lot of hurdles and a lot of roadblocks to to come over. Yeah, but we'll um, see what happens. Um,
1: that's not saying they may you know, if they don't just abandon it, Yeah, so it
0: could be.
1: Maybe, maybe they, they got, got the feedback from C that's like, yes, no. this may not work,
0: but people it's, are already it's, pretty it's, rooted in
1: their switch right now.
0: Myself yeah. included. I, I love my switch. I, I would, I would not give my switch up for a new piece of technology. I mean, even though it is, you know, uh, cool looking tech and you'll be able to play PC games. Uh, I've got a laptop that I can carry in my bag. We'll do just the same thing. And I already own it. I ain't got to spend no more money.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Yep. So,
2: so
1: we'll see.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um, we called this episode. Uh, it's contagious for a couple of reasons. As you guys know, um, the old coronavirus has kind of hit and there's multiple things that have been talking about shutting down. and just all kinds of crazy stuff so uh, we wanted to talk about a few things that we saw on the news uh, from kind of the the nerdy and gaming aspect of things and one of those is e3 2020 as we know that's one of the biggest gaming conventions in the world and uh, it's one that uh, victus and i have always followed and have wanted to go to for years and we always cover it on the show So we always end up doing an E3 20 or an E3 kind of preview Um, things that we want to see um, people that are so-called scheduled to be there, but we're actually not going to be getting that this year because uh, E3 came out and said uh, we're officially canceling the show for this year because of the things going on with uh, Corona and all that. Yeah.
1: So, and just, I mean, just talking about E3, um, it was already suffering as a conference because was. of some major pullouts, outs yeah, um definitely uh from presentation at the conference, you know you had the big one sony um and other other people had been kind of toning down on their presence at uh eighty three now that that's from a that's looking at it from us remote users actually going there. There were still a lot of developers gonna be there connections to happen so uh, but it was changing. Um, uh, what's his name? Jeff, that usually does the MC for a lot of events. Oh, um, yeah. That did the Jeff Knightley. I think
0: exactly. it's Jeff Knightley.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Knightley. Um, he reported that he, after almost 20, 15 years of being um, at the E3 and doing an event, he was no longer going to uh, MC or be a part of that. So there was yeah. that. Uh, Sony uh, has continued to not be there uh, and, and you were getting hints that several others were going to do the same. So
0: yeah, definitely not E3 of old like we, like we used to get.
1: Right yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see who picks up the slack as far as Maybe, maybe companies just go their own separate ways. You know, we've, we've had PlayStation PlayStation now's, or their their little conference thing that usually happens. Nintendo directs. They have their own thing. Um, yeah, Xbox Microsoft. has about once a year their kind of own thing. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's other, other
0: games out there. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Or, or awards, or where they make like announcement, like Xbox announced the Xbox One X or showed off the Xbox One X at the Game Awards.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that companies still have plenty of outlets to be able to, you know, show their show their products and 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 build that hype with their customers. Um, E3 was just kind of the biggest and well-known out there. But uh, the, the company who actually puts this on and organizes E3, which is ESA, um, did say that there might be an option of doing an online E3. Now, how they plan on doing that, I don't know. Um, they didn't give any details or specifics. And honestly, that's nothing that I would probably want to even watch. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, as you're
1: not getting a lot of the, the big mainstays of E3, um, you know, being there in person, like I said, it's completely different than actually watching remote. But that's that's usually a lot of we watch. So have a big announcement. You have the you have the people picking it apart, going through interviews and it kind of felt like a. <laughs> an entire week of news dedicated to just gaming for us that didn't attend it or were attending it remotely. Yeah. So it felt good for that. Um, And maybe we may still get something like that. I think they were talking about moving some of their stuff to online or the individual companies were that we're planning on discussing things at E3. And, you know, if, but I remember, if, you know, five, six years ago, E3 was the be all end all for new stuff. Like even, even on the fringe, announcements you could get like oh, i, I yeah. still think back about to metroid prime 4 right nintendo announced that at or at their event
0: of e3 yeah yeah stuff like that was always exciting but uh yeah it's definitely changed for sure um and you know the this conference isn't the only one that is kind of uh, taking a hit because of that it's not even the only company i mean we're seeing things outside of stuff like this i mean take um what used to be guardian con for instance Um, i can't think of the name of what guardian con changed to uh uh, gaming community expo yes gaming community expo so i mean uh, we just got emails on that one that uh the because of the safety concerns they're actually closing that one down um for this year as well so i mean the you know there's some legitimate concern out there. Definitely. Um, I saw a new statement where Disney is putting a pause on all Marvel filming right now for all of their TV shows. And, uh, they've actually closed the Disney world park down as well. They said that's Uh, only what the fourth time in history of the park ever closing. If I remember
1: right. Yep. And it overall is around just taking precautions um, about, you know, being in large crowds, making sure there's social distancing is the big point term right now. Yeah, is, you know, just, you know, just keep distance, um, taking all the steps, washing your
0: hands, which
1: you would think is a
0: normal you would thing. think that is a natural thing to do anyway. <laughs> That's the thing.
1: But honestly, the hard, hardest thing for me personally is like not touching the face. Not touching your own face. I I, I will absolutely admit that's how you know. I, I, I move around when I think, when I talk, and so I'm sitting there like, you know, I'll I'll use my beard as a as I think, right? I'm sitting here thinking, so. Same. um, And then other people, you know, they'll they'll do stuff. They'll you rest your head in your hand or whatever it may be. So, but that's all around. That's all regarding is, and the biggest ones, you know as with cruise ships, as with airlines, with all those, they're just by themselves Petri dishes for
3: (laughs) spreading up stuff. So
1: There's been flu outbreaks on, on, on cruise liners. Uh, You know, people get sick with a a certain strand of the flu and they get on a plane, then you have a chance to get sick on that as well. So it's, it's all about enforcing that. And unfortunately the conferences, that's people are very close to each other. Throughout the conference, especially the really packed ones. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. E3, of course, was the first casualty. There was many more after that. Um, we'll see those conferences that are in the June, July, August time frame to see if they get affected
0: as well. Yeah. Uh, so just uh keep up to date and watch those feeds and we'll uh we'll do our best to uh keep up to date with all the things coming out as well, guys. But, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up this evening. So I just want to say a big thanks to everyone. As always, you guys rock. And uh, honestly, we just hope that you guys are safe and secure. And you guys have not caught any of these bugs floating around. So uh, a big thanks to all of our listeners out there. You guys rock.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we end this on, again, be safe, take precautions regarding um, everything that's going on. Um, And thank you for listening to our content, providing feedback. Um, The support is greatly appreciated. We're just a couple dudes that enjoy talking about all things geekery. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the all things geekery podcast with any of your favorite podcasting apps or drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify as those reviews do
0: greatly help us grow. Yeah, and you guys can find us out on our social media specifically Twitter, you can find me at xdetachedx. You can find Victus out there under at Victus A-T-G. And you can find our ATG Twitter account at the ATG cast. Make sure you guys swing by, shoot us a note. We always love hearing from you all. And with that note, if you guys ever want to hang out with Victus, then go check him out over on his Twitch stream. He is doing a fantastic job growing that thing. And personally for me, make sure when you guys go over, you hit him up on Mondays and you just blow his feet up with all kinds of ridiculous songs. Yes.
1: Yes. uh, Specifically, or or depending on the game, I might continue that throughout the week, but uh, I usually try to keep Mondays as Monday Music Madness to keep SongCrest going. Uh, But I try to stream every weekday night. So Monday through Friday, starting at 8.30 Central Standard Time. Uh, was going through Minecraft, but starting uh, Monday. So today, uh, if we're if it this gets released on Monday, Ori the Blind Playthrough, we'll we'll get to that and maybe go into Ori and the Will of the Wisp, as I will more than likely enjoy the crap out of both those
0: games. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of enjoying things, bringing from one of our partners over at Into the. AM. If you guys are looking for some sweet clothing, then stop by, check all their stuff out at into the And if you guys find anything you like, just use the code ATG at checkout for a 10% off of whatever your total is. But well, guys, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome and we will see you in the next episode.